I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Cowboys have now got two preseason games finished this season, and, well, the positivity doesn't seem to be going up very high because... This past game against Arizona, while there were some slight improvements, overall, the optimism is so low. My my thoughts and feelings going into the season don't seem to be going anywhere, except anywhere but down. What I'm trying to say, folks, is the Cowboys remain to be a team which is far from being very good. But to keep in mind, it's only the preseason. We'll have to wait and think wait and see how things go during the regular season but with the current nature and what's going on with the team I mean it's really hard to stay optimistic I mean it's really hard to stay positive isn't it but this game against Arizona still too many problems I mean problem number one is the defense while the defense slightly improved made some stops the defense is still getting beat so and there was a, a certain play, uh, well, Kelvin Joseph, when he got beat on, on a 34-yard uh, catch by Christian Kirk, although many fans are arguing the fact that Christian Kirk pushed Kelvin Joseph. Uh, in my case, I actually did not see that play, so I can't argue it. But in, 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 furthermore, in that case, I, I, I can't really say whether or not Kelvin Joseph got beat or if Christian Kirk did this, did that, because... Quite frankly, it doesn't matter. The, the bottom line is that overall, the defense, while they did do some good things, the defense is still getting beat, still getting burned on, on play pass coverage. The, the, running, the running defense is still having a tough time making a stop. And that worries me. I mean, although, of course, like I said, mo- most of the starters actually... Well, I, okay, I can't say this because the, the starters didn't play. No, the starters, most of them played for, a, for much longer. And what I hate to say is that Jalen Smith still, it just it, he's just not up to it. Because I mean, it's only the preseason, but so far Jalen Smith, it's it's been it's been quite unconvincing. But it's not just Jalen Smith, okay. I mean, Lane Vanderas, I've seen him make a couple of good things, but like I said, I'm not just going to point the finger at one person. Look, it's the defense overall, and what happened last night, you know. And, this is what I hate the most. This is what I dread the most is the injury bug starting to hit the Cowboys because now at least three players got hurt. And now one player is out for like... <laughs> one report said four to six weeks. The other one six, said six to eight weeks. It does not fucking matter because he's hurt. He's going to miss probably half the season. And he was a player that had a great training camp and that had a lot of potential going into the season. And many said he was the best defensive tackle going into the season. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Neville Gallimore. As soon as I saw him down, you know, clutching his elbow in pain and agony, I thought, oh, fuck. God damn it. Why the hell did this have to happen? But it happened. Our first blow to the, our, our first major blow. We lose Neville Gallimore. A guy, like I said, this dude having one hell of an offseason, had so much potential going into the season, and we fucking lose him, Okay. And, and I'm, it doesn't matter whether it's four to six weeks, six to eight weeks. I'm just convinced it's going to be 
at least half the season. We, we probably won't even see him. We probably won't even see him till, till probably around Thanksgiving. Great. Just what we fucking need because, you know, it's bad enough that our defensive line is already a major problem and we just lost our best defensive tackle. Great. Great. Just what I fucking needed, folks. Just what I fucking needed. So, where do we go from here as far as... As far as the defensive line goes, look, we're just going to have to hope for the best. Look, even though losing Neville Gallimore is a huge problem, it's really going to affect us. Look, the Cowboys made some signings this season, so let's hope that these guys can actually do something with it, okay? We still have the likes of the guy we drafted, Osa Odizigozua. I believe that's, that's the dude from uh, UCLA. We also have this guy named Quentin Bohanna, and of course the two guys we signed in the, in the in the free agency, Brent Urban and Carlos Watkins. Let's see what these guys can do. All right, but but you know, but I'm not gonna deny the fact that the loss of Neville Gallimore is huge because it is freaking huge. He was supposed to be the guy, the defensive tackle. I mean, like I said, I've seen some of the practice tapes. He was doing great during training camp. Okay, even Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, these guys had nothing but positive things to say. He had huge potential, and now, just like that, boom. I mean, if I remember correctly, the injury has been officially diagnosed as a dislocated elbow. A dislocated elbow is not a good thing. So that's why I'm convinced it's going to be at least half the season. And, and like I said, he's probably going to miss 12 games. It'll be a damn near, a, a damn freaking miracle if he even comes back. if he even comes back faster. But you know what? If it happens, then hallelujah. Anyway, but as much as the defense still getting beat, I want to talk. I mean, even the, like, like I said, there's still some po positive to talk about because there were some tackles for losses. I saw that the Cowboys defense did make eight tackles for a loss, and you know, much to my amazement, dude, defense defensive end Dorrance Armstrong had one hell of a game: two quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss, and two sacks. That. Is spectacular. So, Dorrance, keep up the good work, brother. And Jabril Cox finished the game with seven solo tackles, and he also had two tackles for a loss. So, Jabril Cox, I mean, that's definitely an improvement. But, of course, you know, like I, but, you know, as I said earlier, it doesn't matter who was struggling because, you know, the overall the defense was getting beat. But, while it's true, the defense is still not good at all, still getting beat. At least they're doing they're doing some good in, in some ways. So at least there's a bit of good that we're seeing because last year there was like absolutely no good. So now there's a little bit of good to talk about. Micah Parsons still, you know, still trying to you know get get that groove, still trying to get his mojo. And uh, speaking of mojo, yeah, of course there was that story about apparently Mike McCarthy made the Austin Powers thing with uh, I think a press conference. So you know what. <laughs> I didn't actually bother looking for it. I just kind of think it's funny. So you know what? We want to quote Austin Powers. We'll go ahead. So anyway, so Micah Parsons is still trying to find the mojo, and I'm and hopefully he'll have it by the time the Cowboys travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. And I'm pretty optimistic about that. As a matter of fact, the Cowboys defense did force a turnover, and um, Mike Micah Parsons actually had something to do with forcing that turnover. So, so there's that. There's that. So. As far as Michael Parsons go, goes, excuse me, my friend wanted him to play more, but you know, I said, look, we all we all want the regular season to start, even though they're all the same with the Cowboys. But you know, the last thing we need is Michael Parsons, you know, 
something like that happening. So we don't want to ru- we don't we don't want to rush the guy. So and you know, saying you know the guys who had tackles for losses, you know Rondell Carter and Osa Odigizuhua. I'm having so much such a hard time pronouncing the dude's name. He's the rookie defensive end that we drafted out of the University of California in Los Angeles. He actually had one tackle for a loss too. And uh, Rondell Carter had a tackle for a loss as well as a quarterback sack. So we're seeing all these defensive linemen, the defensive end actually, you know, working hard. And, you know, Justin Hamilton, another dude who got a quarterback a quarterback sack and a tackle for a loss. So so the defensive line is really trying to, is, is really doing its best, you know. But, you know, Nishan Wright, uh, I, I, I did see a slight improvement on him. There was a play where you know he he had the coverage. He he got beat. I'm not sure exactly if, if he got beat. Like I said, you know, I was constantly getting up because while, while I was watching the game, I was actually uh, I was actually uh, spending time with my mom and you know cooking cooking her dinner, watching the game, you know writing notes, doing my job, taking care of my mom at the same time. It's a brutal job, but you know, look, I love my mom. She took great care of me growing up, and now at the point in my life where it's my turn to take care of her. So. I wasn't really multitasking. I was more like triple or quadruple ta- <laughs> tasking. And for a dude, you know, who, when the ADHD kicks in, well, that's supposed to be impossible, but I did it. <laughs> anyway, try not really to think what I ate last night because it's making me hungry again. So, anyway, you know, the Sean Wright still has a lot to prove. And these particular plays I saw, he was certainly covering well, but. There's a couple things you know he still has to work on. Maybe like keeping like closer like closer coverage, like staying exactly on point with the opposing wide receiver. So, but anyway, you know, and, and another problem was that um, there were penalties. I mean, the Cowboys' defense are you know committed at least three costly penalties. One of which was roughing the passer. One of which was a, a, a holding on a on a third down. So, I mean. I mean that, that that's another problem, you know. Aside from the injuries, it's it's the fucking costly penalties, and that's been a problem for a very long time. So all these penalties and all this shit, it's just like, damn it, man, we really have to do this right now. So anyway, but I'm, so anyway, now that we're done with defense, um, so like I said, uh, whether it was Nashawn Wright getting torched or Kelvin Joseph, look. I, I can't. I did see Nishan Wright make a couple of. Uh, uh, did slightly improve. I, I saw him play a bit better. But like I said, overall, it's 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 a it's teamwork. Okay, you, you have to work as a team. The defense needs to dominate as a team. So while the, some guys did their jobs, right? The, some some of them did not. Okay. And speak. Oh, speaking of the, of the turnover, it was actually I liked how it was Keanu Neal, one of our free agent signings. Who actually made the recovery? So that actually was pretty good, and hopefully uh, down the road he'll he'll force more turnovers and recover more, and th- that's what I want to see the most out of the Cowboys defense. Aside from making stops, forcing punts, and not getting beat on plays, especially on the secondary, I want the Cowboys to force turnovers. Okay, intercept the ball, force a fumble, recover the ball, return it for a touchdown if you have the opportunity. Do great on defense. The Cowboys need their defense to be good. That hasn't happened in so long, okay? If the Cowboys can actually have a defense built on it and have a great defense for years to come, maybe we can start finally saying Doomsday defense is on its way back for being brought back from the dead. Because Doomsday defense has been gone for a long time, and for many years the Cowboys have tried to resurrect them from the dead, but it has not worked at all. It has 
failed miserably, and in the words of Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, the process and the effort has been repugnant. So, anyway, moving on to the offense. Well, first of all, the, okay. As, as far as the offense goes, the offensive line... Well, I'll be honest. None of the Cowboys' quarterbacks got sacked last. Got sacked in this game against Arizona, so that's one good thing. But and lately, they've been they've been actually working with Connor Williams to take snaps at center, and so far that has not been good. Okay, because last night, two missed snaps. Okay, now from what I saw is that that's when Connor was under center. Now I'm not gonna confirm anything because it doesn't matter whether it was Connor under center, whether it was Tyler Biotich, the the center from Wisconsin. Okay, the the missed snaps needs to stop. Okay, and Connor Williams. While a lot of people are not a huge fan of him, but personally I respect him. Like you know, because of, like that. Okay, look, if he's he, last week, last year he played all sixteen games. Okay, if he's excelling at right guard, look, I understand that we we like to get him a workout with, with several positions on the offensive line in case of injuries. But look, in Connor Williams' case, we can have him practice other other positions too. But unless it's totally necessary, uh, if it's unnecessary, keep him at the at the guard position. If he's doing, if he's excelling at that, and it's not, there's no need to move him. Keep him at the guard position, okay? Keep him comfortable. Let's not put too much pressure on the guy, okay? Last thing we need is our offensive line being under too much too much pressure. That'll put our quarterback under pressure, and the whole team's gonna fucking fall apart, especially from the offense. Because if the offense falls apart, the defense falls apart, okay? Sometimes it's the other way around, but the bottom line is every piece needs to be in set. We need to be. We need to have everybody healthy. Everybody needs to know their freaking role. You know, for some of you fans out there, I know that some of y'all are wrestling fans. Well, you know what? Let me go and have a. Let me go and entertain you then. Everybody needs to know their role and shut their mouth. Now, that's no disrespect to anybody. I just wanted to get the rock reference out of my system because it's been building up for a while. But look, but the bottom line is, look, if Tyler Biotis is better at the center, then put him at the center. Connor Williams better at guard. Keep him at guard. Okay. Same thing with Zach Martin. Same thing with Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith. We need every pe- every piece to be at its rightful place. Okay. Especially with through the use of the offensive line, because the offensive line is important. Because our quarterback needs to be protected. And speaking of our quarterback, Dak Prescott, it was certainly good to see him on the sideline. Certainly good to see him. He did uh, throw a couple of passes during pregame warmups, which was great. His second uh, MRI, they actually said uh, last week, um, excuse me, they actually said earlier in the week that he would he would uh, undergo a second MRI after the game just as a simple precaution. He did, and the MRI reveals that he is healing properly. So hallelujah. But it's still down to the fact that if he's going to play at all this preseason. At, at this point, I'm like, look. If he's healing properly, let's not have him play this. Let's ha- let's not have him play in the preseason, okay? We, he can still throw some plays. He can still warm up, do everything, practice and everything. Look, but let's the, if it's not necessary for him to play, then let's not risk it, okay? Let's have him ready to go 100% by the time the Cowboys travel to Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because it, the fact that we're already going in that game against uh, severe underdogs, okay, Prescott's going to be determined to make a difference. And I've seen, in the way I've seen Prescott, I, I, this training camp lately, I mean, this is a Prescott that's more motivated than ever. More motivated, more focused, more hungry. Okay? Now, of course, when we say hungry, we should talk. We should say that about Zeke Elliott. And the same thing with Zeke Elliott. I've seen he's obviously in better shape. And, it, it really, and you know, there's more smiles. And, you know, there's more motivation. I, I can actually see it. Okay? From... 
the facial expressions from the way they speak, you know, everything. And that's what we need, okay? So if Zeke Elliott is more hungry, is more hungry than ever, then that's what we fucking need. Um, speaking of Zeke Elliott, he, he didn't play at all, but, you know, the same thing goes for Zeke. You know, if it's not necessary for him to play this preseason, let's not, let's not risk it. Let's not do what we shouldn't do, okay? If okay, if we're not comfortable with it, let's not do it. So anyway, before I get to the quarterbacks, I want to talk about the receiving for a little bit. Well, Michael Gallup actually b- briefly played. There was a play where he was wide open where he he couldn't make the catch. Uh, unfortunately, that, that's what breaks my that, that's what breaks my heart because, because you know Michael Gallup with all the potential, but the struggles with, with drop passes uh, seems to be uh, something that, that that's people are always going to talk about. Now, he may have dropped that pass, but he did make up for it on a fourth down play. So, Michael Gallup made, made that mistake, but he went on to make up for it. Okay? If he's that driven, he's that determined to make up for mistakes, he's that motivated and focused, then you know what? He's going to be fine. But we need Michael Gallup to really be at his best, okay? Drop passes is unacceptable. Not just for Michael Gallup, but that goes for Amari Cooper, that goes for CeeDee Lamb, that goes for everybody. Okay, and as as far as wide receiver goes, you know, the wide receiver court, the, there's really been a bit of frustration from yesterday because a total of 20 catches on a total of 43 targets, that's certainly like, it's worrisome to say the least. But in a, in a quarterback position, you know, I saw uh, several passes, you know, from Garrett Gilbert, you know, to Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. Several passes from them were good, but the, the the receiver, the connecting receiver could not make the play. Okay. And I will say, if the quarterback makes the throw correctly, but the wide receiver can't can't do his job, okay, that's not on the quarterback, folks. Okay. If the quarterback makes a terrible throw, it's obvious, and that's a different story. But from what I saw yesterday, that's not the case. Okay. The quarterbacks were making the right passes, but the wide receivers just could not connect. Okay. And Cedric Wilson Jr. actually had a brilliant, and I'm, and I'm talking about a very brilliant 34-yard catch. Okay, but you know, two catches out of four targets. And, you know, it's not always a drop, but sometimes there's the incompletion. But, you know, and, and C. Fajoko actually you know, played two, you know, three catches, 28 yards, had a 14, uh, a 14-yard catch. You know, that was pretty cool too, you know. And see some of these guys, you know, you know Malik Turner actually had a, you know, Malik Turner, another dude who I th- believe got hurt. He got up on his own power, but uh, I would assume that he's probably not going to play for the rest of the preseason as a precaution. Although, there has been an update on him, and I'm really hoping the dude's okay. Because we're, we're going to need as many weapons as we can. I mean, we need all the all the help we can get for Dak Prescott. So I hope the guy's, so I hope the guy's okay. And one of our tight ends actually also got hurt. Uh, second year tight end from the University of Michigan. His name's not really on the top of my head. I believe it was Nick Eubanks, if, if I'm correct. If I were to take a guess, it must have been Nick Eubanks. But anyway, so you know, a player, Reggie Davis, you know, one uh, one catch, you know, 32 yards, but uh, out of three targets. So, yeah, those a bit of, you know, not 100% consistent. A little bit of inconsistency between the quarterbacks and the receivers, but... Uh, Obviously, we we all know that you know not every catch is gonna be you know not every pass is gonna be complete. So sometimes the quarterback's gonna overthrow or 
or, or his pass will be, you know, or underthrow or overthrow. Sometimes the receiver might not run the route correctly or, you know, just not make the catch, you know, maybe get the ball but not be able to secure it. So it's going to happen, but look, they they got to get it together. They got to get it together. And as, far, as far as these receivers goes... Every you know all, all these names you know these guys you know a, a dude named Jeremy Sprinkle of the former Washington football team player you know Noah Brown actually I, I believe had two ca- I mean you know one catch out of three targets based on Noah Brown's performance yesterday I mean th- that's certainly gonna kind of affect him and you know I mentioned you know Blake Jarwin actually appeared I mean he had one target but you know didn't make a catch but. This this wide receiver, all these players right now, it, it it's certainly gonna be tough. You know, the spots are certainly gonna be tough to make. Make, but uh, you know, those those a bit of frustration based on from the wide receivers too. Like on the pat, but I'm not just gonna pin on the receivers or the quarterbacks. It's it's overall on the passing game. There's been some inconsist. There was some inconsistency, which causes frustration, which really. Which really put, which really increases the stress. So I mean, that that's why I, I, I say like they gotta get it together. So now let's move on to the running game. Well, Zeke didn't play. Tony Pollard actually came in as the starter. Not such a good night for Tony Pollard. Only four uh, carries on thirteen yards. Uh, Jaquan Hardy had eight carries for thirty-two yards, and Rico Dowdle had eight carries for twenty-five yards. You know, and I believe it, I'm not sure. It was, um, Rico Dowdle on a uh, screenplay, I believe it was. You know, had a catch but fumbled the ball, and the, the Cardinals will recover it and go on to score. But but you know, Dowdle made the mistake, so you know, it it, it shouldn't really affect him. There's, there's no reason to keep him away from the team, but to come from the team for that. You know, there's two more games, so let's let him, let's let's let him show him. Excuse me. Let's let the guy show us what he can do the next two games, and then we make the decision. So, but as far as as far as I'm concerned, right now, obviously Zeke Ellis the starter, and Tony Pollard's Tony Pollard's not the backup yet. I was actually about to say that we already believe Tony Pollard's going to be the backup. But you know what? No, the backup could be anybody between Jaquan Hardy, Rico Dowdle, and Tony Pollard. Okay, and and of course, you know any uh, the the another running back, Brendan Knox. Like I said, you you got to earn your spot on the team. Okay. That's how it is, you know. Like I said, you gotta know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> Excuse me, having a little mucus problem. My throat's not really clear, but anyway. So now we, let's get to the quarterback performance. Well, you know, the backup quarterback position is still—it's it, still wide open. The door is still wide open. Okay, even though I might have said last week that Garrett Gilbert's has got to be the guy. I still feel like Garrett Gilbert has the most potential of being Dak Prescott's uh, backup, but the job is still up in the air. Because, you know, the passing game, you know, 20 completions for, out of 43 attempts. Okay, Cooper Rush actually had the best rating. And, you know, Ben DiNucci was the only one to actually be able to throw a touchdown. Garrett Gilbert started the game, you know, had finished 7 for 16 for 80 yards. You know, Garrett Gilbert, and what's interesting is, Colt McCoy actually started this game as quarterback for the um, for the Arizona Cardinals, and then Garrett Gilbert started. So I said on Twitter, "Well, I'll be Garrett Gilbert versus Colt McCoy. Hmm. How about that?" 
And of course, they have to mention the 2010 um, BCS Championship. And me growing up as a Texas Longhorn fan, it's a really sad thing to, to think about because, you know, Komokoi got hurt. And then Garrett Gilbert, who was an 18-year-old true freshman at the time, having to come off the bench, go against a brutal, dominant Alabama defense. defense, And, man, and and it just breaks my heart how how things didn't work out for Gil, Garrett Gilbert at the University of Texas. So, you know, and I, I'll go off topic a little bit, but we all know, I've said the story that when Garrett Gilbert was recruited to play for Texas, when he received his invitation... You know, I, I, I was always keeping my eye on the news for that. So, and then when I found out that Garrett Gilbert had com- had verbally committed and then fully assigned to, to his intent to play at Texas, I mean, I was such a happy happy camper. So basically, what I'm saying is, I've always been. A, I mean, for a long time, Garrett Gilbert has been a, a very important guy to me. It, it, it's a shame how things have to turn out at the University of Texas, but but anyway. But, you know, the past is the past. It's the future now. Garrett Gilbert, you know, has been in the NFL for a long time. He's shifted through many teams as a backup. So, and, you know, and last year, obviously, before going back to the NFL, he played in the XFL. I believe he played for the uh, team in Orlando before, obviously, he went defunct. So, anyway. But in Gilbert's case, uh, he's – it's not been the best preseason starts for him so far. I would imagine that the next game – which I believe is against the Houston Texans. It's gonna be. A, it's actually gonna be at home in Arlington. I would imagine he's gonna. He's gonna probably gonna play the first uh, half of that game, and I would imagine the final game against Jacksonville. Ben DiNucci probably plays the entire time, or, or Cooper Rush starts the first half and Ben DiNucci finishes it out. But I, I have not given up on Garrett Gilbert. I, I still believe Garrett Gilbert can make a difference. You know, but it's not just the performance at preseason. It's how he's doing at training camp. But preseason results do matter in the case of. Who's going to be the Dak Prescott's backup? Because, like I said, it's it's still up in the air, folks. There's still nobody who's who's officially going to be the court, the backup. Even though I said it's it's, it's got to be Gilbert. Look, anything can happen. So, so overall, I mean, Cooper Rush actually loved loved to see some really good passes from him. Cooper Rush actually, you know, re- really respectable performance. Ben DiNucci, six for fourteen. I mean. You know, but Ben DiNucci did throw the touchdown, and Ben DiNucci did have one rush, which was pretty good. But the way I see it, the quarterback, the quarterback position goes. The backup, the backup thingy. Sorry, I mean I'm really losing my ability to speak. The backup position is still up for grabs, and well, two more weeks to see who's going to be the man. So, anyway, so that wraps up the recap for the the Cowboys and Cardinals, and. We want to confirm so who the Cowboys play next, and yep, it's going to be the Houston Texans. It's actually going to be a week from now because that's going to be at home. Yeah, and there's the highlights saying, "Yep, Dak's shoulder is healing well," as the second MRI shows, and said Gallimore out for a long time. So, man, this just totally sucks. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time. Help out them, Cowboys!